There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. My heart is missing listening to it. I'm nearly crying because she's such an excuse. I've gone through the whole representative of the Arms Rights Left 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 of the Arms
who was a beautician, lived in Ballincolic, and unfortunately she was killed while walking her dog in the regional park. Um, Ian Horgan was arrested and went on trial and he was convicted of her murder. He was 16 years of age at the time. Um, he subsequently appealed that conviction and while he was out awaiting uh, a retrial, he robbed a post office and uh, tied up the postmaster, his wife, and got away with a sum of money from a post office in Farn, uh, in Farn, Farnans. Um, Horgan was subsequently retrialed, uh, retried and he was convicted of the manslaughter and that's killing as opposed to murder. He was jailed for 12 years. Uh, Ian Horgan has been on the, you know, one, once he was released, he has been spending a lot of his time in Limerick, McCroom and various other parts. And he came to the attention of Gardaí again uh, last year following this vicious attack on a 29-year-old man and his 66-year-old mother at their home in McCurtain Villas in Bandon Road. Tell us what happened, Paul. <clears throat> Ian Horgan left his home in McCroom um, in March of 2022. He boarded the bus and he was carrying in a bag a claw hammer. Now, this claw hammer was shown in court yesterday and it was a pretty uh, long, heavy in- implement. It was a real, real dangerous weapon in the wrong hands. He boarded the bus. He got off the bus in Cork City. He went to uh, an area, uh, kind of an, a, a, a derelict house close to UCC, changed his clothing. He went to McCurtain Villas, the home of Mrs. O'Callaghan and her son, Hassan Baker, knocked at the door. Mary O'Callaghan answered the door. Horgan barged his way in past her. Um, Hassan was in the hall. Horgan lashed into him, started beating him, pounding with a hammer. Horgan was hooded and wearing a mask and using a Dublin, uh, disguising, trying to disguise himself by using a Dublin accent and shouting, where's the money, where's the money? He was letting on that he was a guy collecting a drugs debt. Um, Mrs. Baker tried to intervene. She was then beaten around the place with a hammer. Hassan Baker collapsed and there was a video clip shown in court yesterday of the two of them and their injuries which Ian Horgan had recorded at the time of the attack. Mrs O'Callaghan in her victim impact report said the house resembled, resembled a bloodbath and she wasn't lying. It was absolutely horrific. The two of them there on the floor totally you know out of it half unconscious after being savagely beaten in this unprovoked uh, attack. Um Horgan videoed what had happened and sent the video clip to his then-girlfriend, who at one stage had been in a relationship with Hassan Baker. He then got Hassan Baker in a headlock and started choking him, and he collapsed. And he only left, Horgan only left the house when Mrs. O'Callaghan said to Horgan that her son was dead. Horgan then left, went back to this derelict house near UCC, changed his clothing and went to Fitzgerald's Park. He took a video of the area, sent it to his then-girlfriend with the uh, music Lovely Day playing on it. Now, subsequently, when the guards seized his phone as part of the investigation, they discovered that he had sent a number of texts to his girlfriend which said, I'm here in the park washing washing the blood off my hands. 
he won't be acting the hard man again. I destroyed him. Or, you know, Horgan then left um, the area. He left the jurisdiction with his then-girlfriend. He was missing for about four months. And this was a very, very big, big, major investigation. Uh, Detective Superintendent Michael Cummins gave evidence of the investigation in, in, in court yesterday. Uh, when they picked up Horgan, he was interviewed, he was quizzed by detectives, and he didn't cooperate in any way with the investigation. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So he then eventually did plead guilty, did he, Paul? He did. He pleaded guilty earlier this uh, term to assault causing serious harm to Hassan Baker, who was 29 at the time, and assaulting Mrs. O'Callaghan, Hassan's um, mother, who was 66. Um, I suppose, again, you know, when you hear of trials, he sir, saved the victims going through the lengthy process of a trial. A plea will also always go in your favour uh, because the trial here could have lasted anything from two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again... Uh, in court yesterday in their victim impact statements uh, Mrs O'Callaghan and her son Hassan you know just to summarise them I suppose they said basically what happened to them was a nightmare it was something like from a horror movie only that this was real this was the real thing this wasn't uh, fictional in any way and um, the the house did resemble a bloodbath and they weren't lying because of the video clips that were shown in court yesterday Um, they're very lucky people very very lucky they never uh, you know they told of how they never came across Ian Horgan until the day that he viciously attacked them they never want to see him they never want to hear his name again and they just want to be allowed to try and get on with their lives he, uh, Hassan Baker has been left with severe injuries. His speech has been affected. He fra- suffered brutal and horrific injuries. In, in fact, he suffered a fractured skull from the beating he got with this hammer at the hands of Horgan. Um, as I said, in the wrong hands, this weapon can do untold damage, and it certainly did. It, it, it would fright- to actually look at the hammer in court yesterday, you would go, whoa, you know, this this was... Uh, it did major, major damage to both people. And, and to clearly plan it, fractured. and he, he clearly planned it, carried it out in a premeditated fashion. That all went against him. Uh, and That's right. Um, yeah, the guard. And I mean, the guard said, you know, um, it was premeditated. It was planned. It was unprovoked. Um, you know, again, the plea went in his favour. Um, the DPP and the judge said the attack was at the higher end of the scale when it comes to attacks. Um, the DPP said the sentence should be one of 10 to 15 years. And taking into um, all mitigating and aggravating factors, Judge Helen Boyle then put uh, sent Ian Horgan back to jail. He's been in custody following his arrest. Uh, it was good detective work at the end of the day that brought this man to justice. You know, they, they went through thousands and thousands of hours of CCTV, um, you know, capturing this man. And they worked backwards because he was caught in CCTV in and around the area. So they went backwards, back down as far as McCroom, and then they followed him back up into the city. Uh, DNA also played a crucial part in the investigation. He didn't play uh, cooperate with the investigation in any way. He, um, he expressed remorse. 
yesterday in court. He sent two letters of apology um, to the victims. The guards said all of this was too little too late. And uh, Helen Boyle, the judge, uh, jailed them for eight and a half years yesterday. All right, Paul, thank you. It's a, it's a name, a notorious criminal. Thank you, Paul Bourne of Virgin Media News. Um, a, a notorious criminal, Ian Horgan. Uh, in jail now again for another eight and a half years for a savage and vicious premeditated attack on that man and on his mother. 0818 96 96 96 remind us again of what Mary said outside the court yesterday. I'm only hoping that he'll serve every day of the sentence he got for my son's sake. He's where he should be and he should never get out. I got some justice for my son. My son never deserved what he did to him. He's an animal. And if I had my way, he wouldn't see the light of day until he was an old man. Yeah. Sometimes we'd have said, oh, don't call anybody an animal. The animals wouldn't do that to one another. But you know yourself, what other word describes him? Animal, thug, brute, scut. Many, many things. We're keeping an eye. Uh, you can't but keep an eye. It's all over the news. On this search for the submarine. The Titan that is missing now since Sunday. There was some knocking heard overnight. Some knocking sounds in the sea, deep, 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 deep down by the wreck of the Titanic. And they have moved the search area to try to pinpoint where the knocking is coming from. Oxygen on that little thing will run out sometime early tomorrow morning, according to everyone's calculations. So can they find it and get it out on time? If if they do, it'll be a miracle. Frank then says, Today's world, five billionaires knowingly pay big money to submerge. Something goes wrong, it's worldwide news. Multiple countries combine to launch a search. It's commendable. 745 refugees missing off Greece. And people say, sure, it was their choice. Stop the world and let me Get off. Join the conversation. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. This is the Opinion Live with PJ Coogan. We're keeping an eye on that story, that uh, little submarine, missing submarine. You, you'll have heard overnight and you've heard in your morning news. The papers didn't get it because it happened too late. There were some knocking sounds or banging sounds heard, picked up on very sensitive equipment. So they've moved all the search to be closer to where those banging sounds are coming. And I was listening to an interview this morning with a professor of oceanography from some university somewhere. And he was talking about this and he said, that could be nothing and it could be something. Because if you're that deep under the sea, the only thing anything will pick up is bang, 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 bang. So could it be someone in the little sub literally banging something, bang, bang. Bang off the wall. You, you you wouldn't know. The next hour, next few hours, will tell us a lot. If there's any breakthrough, we'll certainly bring it to you. Also, see two Taylor Swift gigs announced in Dublin next summer. Is at the end of June. Two back-to-back gigs in the Aviva Stadium for Taylor Swift. Nothing for Cork, which is one story. But already, I think the price of hotel accommodation in Dublin has skyrocketed. Overnight, <laughs> Dublin is no Dublin's no slouch when it comes to overcharging. Anyway, 
but they've gone through the roof. Somebody was quoted a thousand euro, a thousand euro for a hotel room, nine hundred and ninety-nine quid for a hotel room since those concerts were announced yesterday. It's been, it's, it's, it. We've just been, we're being hammered. That's hammered. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Let me give you a list of places: Amsterdam, the Azores, Bray, Ardfert, Athens, Stockholm, Gibraltar. Rhodes, Sicily, Cyprus, Singapore, Singapore. What do they all have common? In common, they all have Irish pubs in them, as you'd expect. Like with places like Art and Bray, but they all have Irish pubs. And Colum Dalton, Dalton, you have so far had a drink in how many places in an Irish pub? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Um, I think the latest count is about 75 Irish pubs in 41 uh, different countries, yeah. What are you trying to do, other than kill yourself? <laughs> that's, a, what, that's a fantastic... What am I trying to do? Well, in the short term, I'm trying to visit every single one in the world. That's the goal. Um, but longer term, I suppose, I'm just curious to, to visit places and to see the Irish pub in different countries and different contexts. And the weirder, the better. There are apparently 6,500 outside of Ireland. So I've, I've got a bit to go. Yeah. I've got a bit to go. That's the... Define an Irish pub, Colin, because is it the place that is called the Fiddler's Green and it's in some far-flung corner of the world, plastic shamrocks and a picture of Daniel O'Donnell on the wall and a fellow behind the counter that couldn't find Ireland on a map, or is it a genuine Irish pub run by an Irish person? You you get them all. It's funny you mentioned that. The, my, the golden rule is if the pub is called Irish pub, that, that's not a good sign. That's not a good sign. Stay away from that one. If it's called, it's like a Chinese restaurant called Chinese restaurant. You know, it, that's probably not that authentic. And even the stuff on the walls, you're right, doesn't matter because apparently you can buy, you can buy an Irish pub you can. pre-made. You can. You can buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew so somebody of, who did it one places. time who used to pack all the contents of it into the back of a truck and drive to you and put your pub in for you. <laughs> Yes, that's right. And they make it look like an old Irish pub. So there's a few things, there's a few telltale signs that you can tell if it's a good pub or if it's an Irish pub. And usually I was in one last week in Ghent called Paddy Polies, And you just know by the name. All right. That's obviously was created by a fella called Paddy Foley someday. And he obviously went over there. So if it's named after a person, it's always a good sign. And if they have little things like if there's a trad session going on, if you get a good trad session, regardless of where it is, that's going to be a good pub. Um, and tell small t- bag of potatoes, if they sell potatoes, <laughs> someone's done their homework. Someone or, knows what or, it should be. So there's all these little signs. Or, or Barry's tea. Yes. Yes, yes. Purple snack. You get a purple snack and you're you're, you're fine. You're on your track. Where's the where's the well? Where's your favourite one so far, and why was it your favourite? There's a few. I really like the one in the Azores. I was in the Azores last year, called Ned Kelly's, and the Azores. It's it's you know it's two thousand miles, middle of the ocean, middle middle of the ocean, nothing around, and there's there's no nightlife whatsoever. And there was this one pub. Ned Kelly's and it was fantastic it was great I think I was biased because there's no other option <laughs> in in a 2000 meter radius mile radius but it was a really nice one and they had 
table service with proper Guinness glasses. And uh, the guy was from Northern Ireland, I think the guy who ran it. And I said, this is, this is really, and it was in an old Portuguese townhouse as well. So I have a really soft spot for that one. There was one in Cologne called the Corconian. Oh, um, tell me Which more. was a nice one. Because <laughs> Cologne is, is twinned with Cork. And you can tell because they, they think a lot of themselves over in Cologne. You can, you can tell it's twinned with Cork. But um, it was a nice pub, very authentic pub. Went there to watch the rugby and there was a mixture of loads of people. And uh, that was a nice one. It was very kind of uh, very down to earth place. Did, so, did, you, did you reveal to them that you're a Kerry man? No, no, I, no, I didn't say that. No, and I was on a need, need to know basis. I, I just kept that. Up. So I, I, noticed, I noticed the little dig you got in there. The very high opinion of themselves. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Go on, go on. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> what is paying for all this touring? I mean, is, do you have a job that lends you in all these wonderful places, or is it just a personal project? That's a very good question. Yeah, a lot of people ask me that, and it's it, it's the second one really. It's just a passion it's just something that I love to do I love to travel and I like to write and I like Irish pubs and I just combine the three so my job I'm, I'm, a, I'm a teacher I work in a, in a university so um, whenever I get a window of holiday I have a complex system where I just go to Google Google Irish pub cheap flights and then just go anywhere I don't mind where it is so where's the next one the next one coming up is going to be Rome. Going to Rome in uh, in a, in, a, in a month. Rome has got loads of Irish pubs, and apparently there's a nice one in front of the Colosseum. So that would be that would yeah. be a nice shot to but do. There, there are some places, like you said, Rome, Paris, mm. I think the Berlin, mm, yeah. Frankfurt, any place like that. God's sake, Athens. Yeah. They have a number of Irish pubs, so you have a yes. choice. You have half a dozen, yes. say, to choose from. How do you pick one? Oh, well, if I can, I would drop into to a few of them. But usually I have a look and I see which one looks like the, 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 the best one. So the name, go by the name, have a look at the website as well. If they haven't updated the website in about 10 years, then I'd probably leave that one. Uh, so I do a little bit of research about which one to go to. Yeah, because like Paris or Berlin, you've, you've got hundreds. So you couldn't be going around to everyone because I also like to don't go on holiday just to go to the Irish pub oh, yeah. and sit there for two days having pints so a little bit of research a little bit of homework yeah. about which one I think would be the nicest one and then I got to that well if you ever get to Bangalore in, in India look for a pub called yeah. Dublin it's called oh, wow. Dublin right there's a post there's a Joe Dolan poster on the wall <laughs> Joe Dolan, you massive in Bangalore, massive <laughs> following in Bangalore. <laughs> yeah, that was the weirdest That's one right, I ever yeah. found. I was in Bangalore years ago and I was wandering around up an afternoon with a couple of hours to kill it. Yeah. I'd murder a pint, you know, as you do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the thing, yes. Dublin. Yes. The guy had never been to Dublin. He probably couldn't <laughs> find Dublin on a map. But he yeah, serves me, yeah. he serves me a pint or whatever it was I was having anyway. And there's a picture behind a poster <laughs> behind the bar of Joe Dolan. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love that random stuff. That's really nice. A friend of mine, there's one that I want to go to, which is in the foothills of the Himalayas. Uh, and it's, uh, that's supposed to be great. And they have to bring, I, I saw a video the last day, they have to bring the Guinness up by donkey. They have a donkey trail to go up to the pub. So I just, yeah, the same thing. I just love going to a weird place like that and then just seeing the pub and you're like, I have to, I have to go in. Let's and get recommendations yeah, Dolan, for you, yeah. right? Because we've, we've listeners all over the world. So mm, let's, let's mm, get recommendations mm. for your column, okay? Yes. Um, if anyone yes. has been to a great Irish pub, 
found a great Irish pub anywhere uh, that Colin might like to visit. And the, ne- the next one you're off to is in Rome. Rome isn't isn't too bad. Where's the maddest, crazy, other than the Azores, the maddest, craziest place that you think there's an Irish pub that you'd like to get to? I have, uh, there's a colleague of mine who he's here, he's from Uganda. And he said in Kampala, there's a pub called Bubbles O'Leary's that they moved brick by brick from, I'm not sure where it was, but they moved it to uh, Uganda. So that's that's the dream one. Well, someday I'm going to go with him to Bubbles O'Leary's in, in, in Uganda because I've not been to Africa, but there, there's plenty there in Africa as well. And where can people follow your exploits? I have a, I have a website called publicanenemy.com and there you can read all the trips about all the places I've gone and the pub reviews and about the different places and videos as well and all that stuff. So yeah, if anyone's it's interested, yeah, publicanenemy.com. Why on earth did you call it Publican Enemy? I wanted a name that would be some sort of pun, a very bad pun. And of course, there's a music group called Public Enemy. So yeah. I stole their logo and I just changed it into a pint of Guinness. And then yeah. it, was, it was a very spur of the moment thing. Yeah. Have you met any traditional ballad groups in far flung corners of the world? You know the one now, called them. You know the one I'm talking about, right? This is the ballad group mm. that comes in mm. about eight o'clock on a Friday night. And by nine yeah. o'clock, you realize they are all playing, they are all very good. But they're all playing a different tune at the same time. <laughs> I, I have. I've seen a few sessions where it was people who had heard of Irish music before. <laughs> they were familiar with the concept of Irish music. But uh, yeah, there was one in uh, in Jakarta where fair play to them. They they made a uh, they made a decent effort of it in Jakarta. You you, you have to take what you can get. But um, yeah, what nothing can't compare to back home, you know. Yeah. Column, thank you. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. We'll podcast that later. Column Dalton attempting to visit every Irish bar in the world. He'll want to live to about 94 before he does. His next one is Rome. He's done Singapore, Stockholm, Gibraltar, Bali, Malmo, Cologne, Amsterdam, Cyprus, and he's still counting. Leipzig, the Azores, and he is still counting. Have you ever, have you, been, have you found a weird one? A weird Irish pub? I'm thinking in particular actually of soldiers, members of the Defence Forces, Navy, whatever, who are listening to me. You guys tour a lot, right? Travel a lot. I'm thinking of the, my musician friends out there who travel a lot. Where's the maddest, craziest place you have ever found an Irish pub? Or something that masqueraded as an Irish pub or had an, a beautiful pub that wasn't necessarily an Irish pub run by... It was a pub run by Irish people. That's my maddest one, though. I was in Bangalore in India. God, this is 20 years ago. I was in Bangalore in India, and I had a meeting at 7 o'clock in the evening. I had my, my devices to myself for the afternoon. I was free to wander, and I decided I'd murder a pint. It was 40-something degrees. Up I go, up a place called Brigade Road, which is in the middle of Bangalore. It's a big shopping street, and right up at the top of it, there's a huge crossroads and you could see anything up there. I saw a fella on a camel in morning traffic up there. That's 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 that wonderful thing about India and about Bangalore. There's this Dublin and it's written in the proper Celtic writing. Dublin, a little pub you go in and it's a fella there. And he's never been to Dublin. He's never been outside Bangalore in his entire life. He does speak good English, 
So I sat down and I asked, the name, I asked him about the name of the pub. But he said, oh, he doesn't know. He just works there. But just behind the counter is a Joe Dolan poster. Yeah. 0818 96 96 96. At this point, I should play a Joe Dolan song, but I like my job. I would be sacked. So... This will have to do you instead on Ian Horgan and the court case we discussed. I was eating a lovely apple and then I started listening to Paul talk about that violent monster, that brute who should never see the outside of a cell door again. I can no longer taste my apple and I feel sick. And that's from another another PJ. We had some wonderful news, some brilliant news from a young woman we spoke to during Radiothon. You might remember Ashley Lintz. I'll grab some audio tomorrow just to celebrate at the end of the week with some really good news. Or maybe Friday I'll just do it at the end of the week. But Ashling spoke to me during Radiothon about her cancer journey and about discovering only a few days before her 30th birthday, this was last October time, that she had breast cancer. She just thought something was off. She didn't feel a lump. She just felt something was off and she went to the doctor and she had breast cancer and she went through the kind of treatment she'd had, how tough it was she has a little girl, lost her hair, she was facing surgery she sent us a message overnight to say that she had her surgery on the 1st of June, she is cancer free, she does not need radiotherapy she has never been so happy and just wanted to let us know isn't that fantastic news? Ashley, we're thrilled for you, girl. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96 FM. Later on this morning, we'll discuss working from home. And I'll be talking to a man who is working from home since the start of the pandemic, says he never wants to go back to the office again, thought he could never be able to do it, but will never go back to an office again if it's in his control not to do so. That's that's later on. And there's a lot of dads, dads in particular, who worked from home and thought they could never do it, and now they don't want to go back to an office ever because they feel that working from home has made them a better husband, has made them a better dad, has made them a better partner and they feel they have a better life. I'll come to that later on. 0818 96 96 96. But uh, NCT continues to get on people's nerves. Dennis, morning. I go on, PJ. PJ, I'll just give you quickly the background. Sure. Uh, my NCT is due up in the car. It was due up in May. It's an old car, so it has to be done every year. Right. So... Prior to May, I looked on the line and there was a couple of months delay. And then we heard the minister state that, oh, yes, the head of the NCT place is going to be fined and we're going to get this in order. This is our famous Minister Ryan. Mm -hmm. So I said to myself, give this a chance and I will be able to comply with the law, which is very important. It is part of the legislation. So now I went on the other day and I find, yep, you can get an NCT test done on the 24th of February, 2024. Hold on now. You initially were due in May, in May. correct? Yes. 
Right. And I when, got did, noticed, when did you attempt to book one first? In around, in around May. In around I said, May. It, it's coming up and I should be able to book it. Okay. And at that stage, what dates were they offering you? They were about two months, three months. Two months, three months. Now, after being told everything is supposed to be speeded up, you can yes. get one February 2024. 2024, right. Now, uh, I also see there lately that the Gardaí are taking the line whereby no NCT, no car. So you could find yourself on the side of the road with a very disagreeable guard, and he says, right, lad, I'm taking your car off you. We investigated this over the last few months, Dennis, and yes, you, you're not supposed to drive a car without a valid NCT. It's also a penalty point offence now. But we were given to understand that if you have a confirmed booking and you can verify, like, say, a print-off of the email of the confirmation, if you have a confirmed booking and you're carrying that in the car, and, like, your NCT hasn't been out of date since 1900 and frozen to death, that you'll be all right. Is that in legislation? It's not in legislation, but it's... There I you it's, 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 it's in practice. And, you know, I do know personally one or two people waiting on NCTs. One guy couldn't get a booking until the end of September. He got it, he paid for it, and he's been stopped twice. Guard says, what about your NCT? He's shown them the letter or the email, and the guard says, right, go on away, best you can do. Yeah, that's the discretion of the guard. You may get a guard on the day who says, lad, I'm taking that car off you, and he's quite entitled to do it. Yes, yes, yes. So we need to comply with the law. Is the law an ass? Right, now I think... Did you try, Dennis? Did, did you try, and this again is something yeah, that you shouldn't Yeah, I didn't have to, do that, now. You didn't try calling them? No, why should I? The system is there that you go online and they give you a date and hopefully it's not a date that you're working that you try and get a date. Yeah. Now, the minister is the, on hang the Hang on, the, there is another way. Uh, I'm, yes. I'm sorry to cut across you, but there is yeah. another way that if, you, if the date that's coming up for you is too far away mm. and, and you need your cert or feel you need your cert faster than that, you can call them and they will fit you onto a priority list. Did you try that? I didn't try that because the system should be that you go online when you're notified that your NCT is coming up and within a reasonable time period you should get your NCT. Indeed. Indeed. Right? That's, that's the system. But, this, but there, is, there is that second string if you want, that second Correct. channel that the, you can ring them. You didn't this, try that. This is the Irish answer to an Irish problem. The system is running now. It's not fit for purpose. Uh, O'Ryan comes on the radio and he's questioning whether you should be using your car to go down to the shop. Yet you can use your car to drive 20 miles to go to a place to get an NCT done, whereby at the present, you could get a garage who are doing commercial vehicle testing, who are very efficient, that you could bring your car yeah. down to. No, no. And no, no. Yeah, you're right there. You should be able to go to the garage. Yeah. Now, uh, Ryan has vehicles running around Cork City skateboards, scooters and everything on them with no paperwork whatsoever. Oh, and and they're not breaking the law. Oh, they are. Are they? Sco well, the scooters are. Scooters, right. are. scooters are not supposed to be on a public road. Yes. And, and now, yet they're going on a public road, public pavements, public footpaths, the wrong way down the public road. And you're right, yes. I have yet to see one scooter seized. Yes. And yet, if one of these buckos hit you, you have no 
compensation to pay for your injuries. Yeah. Now, Eamon Ryan thinks this is fine. Now, it's coming to the stage where, you know, the motorist now is being seen as the evil in the world. Uh, you go along there on the main roads, they're making footpaths twice the size of what they should be. Yeah. And you ask the question, why is the, uh, why is the footpath encroaching so deep into the road that the roads are already so narrow? And I inquired and I was told so that two wheelchairs can pass at once. Now, that may be the case or it may not be the case. Now, I asked you, PJ, do they have this NTT over in France? I don't know. I'm not a frequent visitor. Yes. Are, are we just the only people in Europe who have this cross put on us? Now, it's very important that the vehicle is checked and there's garages around who you can go into very efficiently that are close and they can tell you, listen, your, yeah. your tires are bald, your suspension is falling off, lad, go away and get these fixed. Anne is on the phone here, Dennis, yes. and said, yes, the online appointments are all over the place. Yes. You need to ring them directly. If you yes. go online at one minute past midnight, you could well get a cancellation. But yes. if you ring them, yes. I had a date, she said, on, within days, but yes. the earliest online for Anne was Christmas. Christmas, and I'm February. And oh. why should you have to ring them? Either the system works or it doesn't work. And it's not working. And there's not a peep out of that aim and Ryan. True, right. but might, uh, I, say, might, might, might I ask you this much, yeah. Dennis, right? And yeah. I, 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 by the way, I agree with every word you say. But right. with regard to the fact that the online is, is mad, but if it is important to you yeah. to get your car tested, yeah. which it is, obviously, yeah. there is another route. Would you, would, yeah, there isn't. Would you, would you not give the other route a try? Of course, I'll give it a try. But what I'm highlighting to you is we have a system here in place which is part of the legislation. Yeah. And it's not working. No, it's not. You're what right are there. we paying that Eamon Ryan fella for? I, I'm, I'm careful of my language now. Careful. What are we paying him to do? He wasn't voted in. He's a disgrace. Oh, well, he was voted in now, to be fair. He won a seat in the Doyle and then they negotiated a government deal. Yeah, so, they, you know. they did, yeah. Well... That, that's, a, that's, on, that's how it works in this country, Dennis, you know. Yeah. Now, what, what it was working, and I'll tell you now what this NCT is smacking back to. When Phil Hogan came back from Europe and he says, yeah, we're going to put a war attack on everybody. <laughs> and the people of Ireland stood up and said, no, lad, you're not going to do that. Now yeah. they gave us the, the NCT that this money is going out. Let's support the local garages who are well able to do the NCT. Well, well here's the thing. No backlog. If you have a commercial van and... Yes. You, Which we have, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you have a commercial van. Yes. Right. And so it you, works very efficiently. You, yeah. You, you believe that the same garage that tests your commercial van should of, be able to test your little car? Of course, because I'll tell you why, PJ. A bus goes into that place that may have 140 lives on board. And they're tasked with the, with the responsibility to say, is that bus safe to go out on the road? Why can they not say that for a car that carries possibly only one bus mostly and four people legally? Yeah. Right? And, they'll fit, and they're very obliging. A fellow even said, listen, we'll fit you in there after six o'clock, pop down, and we'll do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. You know, when, you, when you're coming back from work, oh, we'll you're, do it. You're, None you're, of you're, this you're, nonsense you're, of ringing up after 12 o'clock at night time, 
hoping that you're going to get a spot. Yeah. This thing is not working. You're, you're preaching to the choir here, Dennis, to be fair, you are. Yeah. Here's another one. If my yeah. NCT is out, in, and this is another one that they haven't addressed. If my NCT is out in May, but I can't get a test till October, yeah. my cert is only valid then until May 24. That's correct. I was going yeah. to cover that point and I forgot about it. You're now, if you're on the one-year basis, you've now paid 50-odd euros for three months. Yeah. You know what I mean? This whole thing is a cod, and where is Eam- Eamon Ryan? He's a cod, and we're paying him for nothing. Yeah. And that's what's wrong with this country. These fellas can get into power, do nothing, and we pay him. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, that's that's me vented for today. You're all right. You're all, you know, yeah. I, I, listen, I could not agree with you more. Thankfully, thankfully, I'm not booking NCTs of late yes. with my cars, but... but I can remember having to do it, and it's it was a nuisance. But I do know someone recently was looking to get an, a car NCT'd, and it was car NCT was due in this month. Actually, yeah. went, went looking online in mid to late May. Um, November was the best he could get. Yeah, and there's another angle coming in there now lately, which I just haven't fully explored. But when you go in, they're now going to do a survey on your mileage. Uh, through the NCT centre, which you can decline for them to do, but this is a European thing to try and get motors off the road. I haven't, I haven't seen that one, Dennis. To be fair, I haven't seen that one. But you also believe, and there are others believe like you. Thanks for the call. You also believe that there's a war has been declared on on the humble motorist. I have to say, I'm half with him there. The, the humble, everyday, ordinary motorist puttering along in their little car. Not hurting anybody. War has been declared on that poor misfortune. 0818 Listen to Win Your Way to the world's most famous party island. <laughs> party Island. <laughs> Just watch me dance. Seven nights at the Wiki Woo Hotel. Tickets to David Guetta, Joe Corey, and Ocean Beach. Dinner at Cafe Mambo for the famous Habitha Sunset. And spending money. Spending money. Are you ready? Summertime. Oh, yeah. Listening to Cork's 96 FM weekdays for the biggest hits of the White Isle. Then text or WhatsApp in for your chance to win. Win, win, win. Win your way to a week in Ibiza. Only on Cork's 96 FM. The lines are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96FM. Less than 40 minutes away from, I would say anyway, from your chance to get on that plane to Ibiza looking for another qualifier in this hour with this song Fats and Small got to turn around 0818 96 96 the number if you're going down to Rod Stewart tonight and you have never seen him we're going to talk about gigs for a minute but 
if you had never seen Rod Stewart last night, it was my fourth time seeing Rod Stewart since the 90s. And he was on fire last night. What an incredible gig down at the Marquee. It was just great to see him back there in the old tent, as he called it himself. And, and yes, he does. Yes, he does do it. Yes, he does do it. And just listen to what it sounds like. Just listen to this. This is the magic of the marquee. Listen. They nearly lifted it out of the ground, Katie. They lifted it out of the ground. It's amazing to hear. That's Rod Stewart doing Grace the Marquis last night. Katie's here to talk about another gig. I saw it coming up yesterday. You are one of the people I thought of. <laughs> you know, you're going around with uh, Taylor Swift t-shirts and everything. <laughs> now... She's kind of the big one of the biggest stars in the world at the moment. Yeah. Two massive gigs announced for next summer in the Aviva Stadium. What started happening straight away the minute you tried to book a ticket, though? So yesterday, uh, it was a fragile, a fragile few uh, hours. There was pre-registration to get a code. Um, it's very strange, actually. It was t- through Ticketmaster. Of course, the Ticketmaster Irish website didn't work, and it was taking everyone to the UK website. But after a few hours, they got it working. You went in. But you're not even guaranteed the pre-code. It's it's a raffle, basically, um, to who can get the pre-sale code. And hold on, hold on. So <laughs> there's two gigs in the Aviva Stadium. That's yeah. what? Maybe 100,000 tickets, we'll yeah. say nice and handy. 100,000 tickets. So you're going to enter a draw yeah. to get a code that might entitle you to a draw for the ticket. Yeah, so they say on it that they look at um, your it has to, your email has to be connected to a Ticketmaster account and they're going to look at like your previous gigs um, if you look like you're actually genuinely going to go and not ticket touting. So I think there might be like some good to it, but... I'm already losing the will. I'm losing <laughs> the will. So then, did you get a code... I did, but I got it through um, a Taylor Swift, uh, the official website, because uh, last year when her new album was released, if you bought it on the website, you were guaranteed a code when the concerts came. Okay, so that's one thing done. Now, trying to get a place to stay, Katie. (laughs) So I was here yesterday and within 10 minutes of it being announced, I went on to booking.com and I got a place for the two nights for €425, but when I went and clicked to go into payment, it had hiked up to almost €900. That was 10 minutes after it was announced. Hold on a second. So let me me, me just talk this through here. So you went on booking.com to book a hotel room for, what what dates are the next year? So the 28th and the 29th of of June. Of June, okay. Yeah. So she went to book two nights and you got a room. I did. And it was available on the screen for... 425 euro. And then you clicked to book the room. Yeah. And it was what? Uh, it was 870 something. I can't remember exactly, but it was close to 900. In the click of a mouse. Click of a mouse. And like it wasn't per night. I didn't read it wrong. It was 425 for the two nights. Yeah. And when I said go to payment, it refreshed and up that came. Because 425 for two nights isn't bad for Dublin. Then I went back, saw if I could get something cheaper. Same thing happened. Click payment. Went back and I got something like 1200 quoted to me then. (laughs) So then you went and did another bit of research. I did. So I checked. She's in Edinburgh the two weeks before she's in Dublin. And they have had a hike, but it's nowhere near the extent. So you can get two nights in Edinburgh for 500 euro in a hotel. So that would still work out cheaper to fly from Cork to Edinburgh, stay two nights and then fly back. 
How much are the tickets in Edinburgh? So they haven't actually come out anywhere with the pricing of the tickets and oh. that's another problem because Taylor Swift does dynamic pricing for her tickets. Wow, 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 wow. What's that okay. when it's at home? So dynamic pricing is a model of ticket pricing and it's designed to keep the costs at reasonable levels but her Eras tour is currently in the US and I don't know if you remember heard when they went on sale Ticketmaster collapsed and Ticketmaster oversold the I Taylor Swift concerts. Story, yeah. One of those tickets sold for $22,000. That's dynamic pricing. So the demand hikes up the pricing. It actually was in play for Harry Styles. That was a legitimate ticket sale. Oh, 100%. Someone bought a ticket. Not a tout. No, 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 no. On Ticketmaster in the US, someone bought a ticket for $22,000. They need their head examined. But but anyway. A general ticket as well. I'd I'd expect her to play in my front room (laughs) for that kind of money. Yeah. You know? So, um... When she was in Croke Park, her prices were seventy four fifty. They're saying two hundred and forty four, but I went and I know I paid slightly more than that. But I was in front row. Mm. Um, but Harry Styles recently in Slane did dynamic pricing, and some of the tickets went up into the hundreds for the field all the way back. Like you weren't close to Harry Styles. No, you were the like, general admission tickets. If you've ever been to Slane, you know. Like you yeah. sometimes wonder, am I even in the same county? Yeah. So, you're still going to go? Oh, I'm still going to go. (laughs) (laughs) I have a year of Peyton sections. Oh no, it's like, I've been to her Croke Park concert and it was the most amazing concert I've ever been to. It's funny, my my daughter's been to see Harry now, I think it's either two or three times. And she said, Dad, you've no idea what kind of a show he puts on. And, And then... He, is it? Am I, am I right in thinking that it's kind of ha- Harry and Taylor are the two biggies at the so moment? So what fans of Harry and Taylor say is they're a child of divorce because the two of them were together before. Oh, I missed that. I missed that. They, line. they were together yeah. years ago. So now you're when you have to choose between the two, you're a child of divorce. So oh. luckily, Harry was this year. Taylor Swift is next year. But wasn't he dating you one out of house? Olivia, what's her name? Olivia Wilde. Yeah, but this is years ago. This was when he was in One Direction. Oh, he was with right. Taylor Swift. I forgot, I forgot about One Direction. <laughs> they were quite forgettable at the time. In fairness, the uncle. Oh, PJ, you a, can't say that. <laughs> in fairness, the uncle has made a great career for himself. <laughs> oh no, I love One Direction. But if I had to choose, I'd be choosing Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, I thought you would. All right, so you are going to go. Hopefully, you're going to work a lot of extra shifts between now and. <laughs> oh yeah, like no days off. <laughs> But like no. we thought she'd come to Parky Cueve, but she she didn't. Yeah, she was thing, tipped. People were very crushed. I saw this yesterday. I'll show you this now. Now look, I get it. People get upset when they don't see a car concert coming in. Yeah. Someone said, so even if I register for a ticket to the Eras tour, I mightn't even get a link to purchase. How yeah. are this? Blah blah. Rant 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 rant. Yeah. Who did she send it to? <laughs> uh, she's not the only one. Michal Martin. She is not the only one. There is a trend on Twitter at the moment. People are asking him, like, can you not do anything? Can you not get her to come to Cork? She'd sell it out. I'm sure she would. But what's he going to do, ring her? I like Hello, uh, Taylor, uh, going forward there, uh, you might think of... uh on the name of the love Anyway, look, I hope you get to go. <laughs> Thank you. I, Katie, <laughs> thank you. Give me the numbers again. The, the, the number, first set of numbers for the This is the bit that, that, that really grinds my gears. So you looked at two at a room for two nights for? For 425. Okay, which for Dublin, not bad. You then clicked to actually buy it, and yeah. in that split second it went up to? Uh, just shy of 900. 
and tell me there isn't a rip-off going on. Thank you, Katie. 0818 Oh, yeah, listen, we blame our politicians and everything. There is a thing on Twitter of people sending out tweets to Michal Martin to see, can he do anything about A, getting Taylor Swift to play in Cork, or B, to get the price of the tickets down, or maybe make sure I get a ticket if I'm looking to go. It reminds me of a conversation I overheard in Super Value in Grange a few years ago when Enda Kenny was the Taoiseach. And I was buying a few bits and pieces and there was these two old dears, and I use the word with great affection, who were wandering around kind of sharing a shopping trolley as they do, buying the few bits and pieces. And the weather now had been dreadful. The weather had been awful. It was storms and wind and gales and showers and snow and sleet. You name it. And it had been terrible from about Christmas into the middle of February. So we pull up at, say, the bread the bread counter there in your unselected Miss Slice pan and these two are going through the whatever. Look at the weather. Look at the weather. Look at the... Hear the, hear the rain outside, Mary. Do you, I do indeed, Anne. I do. Isn't that wicked? Isn't that wicked weather? My Mary, isn't that wicked weather altogether? Tis, Anne. Tis, Anne. Do you know what, Anne? That end of Kenny have an awful lot to answer for. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Watch 96 FM. <sighs> PJ, this just come in. Uh, an email this morning. PJ, my kids are completely addicted to their phones. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. PJ, my young kids are completely addicted to their phones. They don't get them a lot. I don't let them have them too much. But when they do, they watch cartoons and play games while I cook or clean or work. When I try to take them off them, they freak out. They cry, they scream, and they act up. It's a nightmare now. Um, I want a total screen ban. I just can't deal with it. I can't live with two little addicts like this. Is this a topic you'd be willing to bring up on the show? Cara, to opinion at 96mm.ie. Cara, happy to do that. We've done it before. We've done this before, and it's interesting that you should email us because there's research out now and it's not one of these mad surveys that you read in the National Enquirer or some such publication like that there's a stack of research that says that children who are too dependent on screens and phones tend to suffer from more depression more self-harm and more obesity Now, that's not just my words it's not some crazy thing I picked out of a tabloid newspaper. There's science to it now because it's repeated itself so much in terms of research. Dr. Catherine Conlon is a public health doctor uh, here in Cork. And you take an interest in this, Catherine. You've been writing about it in the papers. We have, have we created a monster by giving our children smartphones? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. And... Um, yeah, there is a growing mental health crisis among children and teens in Ireland. The demand for uh, child services has increased in recent years. 
the number of cases of children with mental illness has in, has been grown has also increased by about a fifth. And a key issue around this has to be smartphones. What age kids are getting hold of them, how much time they spend on the phones, and also the content they have access to. And we saw recently um, in the news, parents in in County Wicklow they took a stand about collectively adopting a no smartphone until secondary school code. And this was based on these concerns that smartphones were fueling anxiety, exposing children to adult material. So a voluntary pact was taken to withhold smartphones from children, primary school children, both at home, in school, everywhere, until they enter secondary school. And by applying it to all children, the hope is that that would curb that peer pressure that kids are so good at, mm-hmm. dilute that resentment. Uh, Health Minister Stephen Donnelly came down strongly in favour of this. He recommended that this policy should be adopted by schools across the country for primary school kids. And he suggested that Ireland could be a world leader in ensuring that children and young people are not targeted, they're not harmed by their interactions with the digital world. Mm. And we, we're seeing expertise coming across, across the board as well that phones should be banned from schools entirely, primary and secondary schools. Um, a leading expert in the US has said that the evidence is increasing, that phones are addling young minds, that there is a causal link between their use and mental health issues among both kids and teens. And he's suggesting that the time is right now for parents to ask, should we make the school day phone-free? Would that reduce depression, uh, anxiety, self-harm? His view is that the answer to all those questions is yes, and that we should get smartphones out of schools yeah. now. You, you you use a term there, causal link. Am I to understand that what that means is that people have looked at this more than once and come back with the same response every time. That they've looked at a they've looked at a at a link between smartphone use, depression, obesity, obesity etc. They've found that link so many times now that it's got to be there. Is that what, I'm, what you mean by causal well, link? The causal link is the, you know, the kind of a scientific route to identify whether the link between cause and effect is a correlation, that they're both just climbing at the same rate, or whether there's an actual, the risk factor is causing. Um, yeah. really. And the latest data in from growing up in Ireland study, for instance, in an Irish setting, this is following young people since 2007, has found that the vast majority of kids in Ireland, over 87, almost 90% of them, are using uh, phones in their bedroom just before sleep. They're messaging their friends. We all know this. They're surfing the internet. They're on social media. And no one really questions the importance of sleep or babies. Catherine, your line isn't the greatest there. Could you maybe move a little bit because wherever you were before was better. Oh, right. Okay. That, that seems better now. Go back um, to that causal link again, yeah. You know, the, the importance of sleep for young babies, we all know how important it is. But for, for teenagers and for kids, their brains are changing and growing at a very rapid rate as well. As well. And the US da- data is showing that like the majority of kids, young kids, get enough sleep. But by the time they get to their senior year, a tiny fraction of them, about 15% of them, are getting the amount of sleep that, that they should be getting. And as you say, lack of sleep and the link with poor mental health, the evidence is really strong there now and widespread. And the, the, national, the global expert on social media and news is a lady called Professor Jean Twenge. She wrote a book called iGen, How Smartphones Are Destroying a Generation. And she's found that young kids aged 8 to 12, they're spending about five hours a day on screen. 
teens are spending up to almost eight hours a day on screens. And she says, you know, this is just not good. All the studies are showing that kids who spend long hours on screens are suffering with negative outcomes, as you say, depression, self-harm, obesity. And whether are we really taking that in? You know, the experts are telling us that spending hours in front of screens mm-hmm. can't be good for you. That that that, that line is that line is becoming increasingly troublesome. I hope it'll it'll stay with us for for the rest of our conversation, Catherine. The point that eight to twelve you said there. That's communion to confirmation. Communions and confirmations are just gone by for another year, and I would suggest that thousands of children got phones and are using them. But there's even younger kids playing video games, watching cartoons, like Cara there who wrote into us this morning, coincidentally, her kids now watch telly on on, on her phone and when she tries to take it off them, they're screaming. Yeah. yeah. So you're a you're a doctor. Are we are we getting to the point, Catherine, where doctors and scientists are telling people do not give your children phones so in in one sentence the lead, the research like the professor twenge the leading global expert is saying that even 13 is likely to be too young for kids on social media when their social pressures are really high um and she, she i mean the evidence isn't all bad the evidence the, the research shows that a limited use of screens are good for kids, even though too much is definitely not good. And based on the latest research, the advice is, first of all, in terms of TV, don't worry too much about TV. As long as kids are getting their homework done, they're hanging out with their friends, they're getting enough exercise, TV is okay. Um, in terms of teens using screens to communicate with their friends in real time, up to three hours a day is, is okay. But heavy use, especially heavy gamers, their evidence is that they're much more less happy than non-users. Okay. And and th- in terms of social media, there's some really good evidence showing that this is most strongly linked to unhappiness, especially for girls, with nearly every hour of use leading to more unhappiness. So heavy users of social media, this evidence is showing us that they're twice as likely to be unhappy as people who use it a little bit. For boys, there's a little link to unhappiness until that there isn't that much of a link to unhappiness up to about three to five hours a day. But for girls, every additional hour of social media use leads to an an additional uptick in unhappiness in that group. And so if you're going to allow your kids to use social media, your teens, not your not your under 13s, it should probably be a platform like Snapchat where the messages come and go. And it's mainly about communication instead of something like Instagram, where, as we know, the posts are kind of directed to you. They're curated. There's a lot of content from celebrities and influencers that can lead to really body image issues. Mm. And also, I suppose, for that parent that was ringing in, social media uh, sites, they're designed to be addictive. And the advice is to place a limit on the amount of time your team spent on those social media apps and those those parental controls are built into the iPhones now that you can set the amount of yeah. time you're going to allow your children La- to use social media. Lastly, is there an age before which a child should never be handed a phone, in your opinion? When, I'm, when my kids were young, I think I was before the science and that we gave them to them after their confirmation, which was kind of 13, 12, 13. They didn't have them before that. And the, I, the one last thing, that the really big one, 
is no screens in the bedroom after lights out. And again, that was something that we did many years ago that the phones were picked up and they were put in the drawer at 10 o'clock at night. And the expert advice is that having screens in the bedroom after lights out should be non-negotiable for kids and teens. They just have to go because all the research is showing that when phones and tablets are within reach during sleep time, the quality of... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The length of sleep is, is suffers. And if you want to implement just one piece of advice on screens, it should be this one. No devices in the bedroom after lights out. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, Dr. Catherine Conlon, a public health doctor based here in Cork. Do not give your children screens. Uh, do not let them on social media if they're under 13. Just control the amount of access to screens that they have because the, the authorities worldwide now, including this Professor Twenge in the United States, who is the leading expert, there now is a link They've verified it. There now is a link between use of screens for social media and the like and obesity, depression and self-harm. The link is there. They've, they've, they've proved it. The other question coming out of that one is schools. No smartphones in schools. No smartphones in any school. I think the good doctor was suggesting there that there be no smartphone in any school at all. I'd like your take on that. Uh, I know they'll badger you for it. We got, I think we got um, my daughter to, uh, she was nearly 14 when she got her first phone. And it was a phone that did very little other than make calls at that stage. But I don't think we'd manage it a second time if we had to do it again. But the, the advice is there, the science is there. There's a danger smartphones, screens, too much use of social media, depression, obesity, and self-harm. The link is there. Science has proved it. 0818969696. Back to scooters. Dennis was saying before 10 about scooters going everywhere, uh, untethered and, and unmonitored. 
and I was saying I'd never heard of one being seized, even though they're not supposed to be on the road at all, those scooters. That's the truth of it. They are not supposed to be on the road, let alone, let alone going the wrong way down a one-way street, which is what happened to you, John, when you were hit by one. The guards did take that one away, did they? Morning. Good morning, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, just by pure coincidence there this morning, I happened to be trying to um, find out has anything changed on that, and then I heard it come up in your conversation with the caller. And um, no, nothing has changed. No, I rang the, the Angus sisters, and um, they couldn't tell me anything. The Bible couldn't tell me anything. So I got the number of, uh, I was given the number of the traffic corps who are in Ballancolig who deal with all, any inquiries to do with uh, more traffic, whether it be school, just girls, lollies, whatever. But unfortunately, this is, of course, down to Mr. Drew Harrison, the politician's teacher. Uh, the girl was very helpful to me outside there in, in, in the, that section. But there was no sergeant there that would have any idea as to know has anything changed or not. There was no sergeant there today. You know, so again, here we go with the cutbacks yeah. and the policing or the lack of policing. But My understanding like, is that the law is on the table uh, and well, the, it no, uh, no, it's, not, it's not passed yet. No, I was on to the Bridewell and I got through to the Bridewell and the guard was very helpful there. And he said, look, they had no directive. He agreed with everything. I mean, I told him what happened to me and he said, yeah, I see it. I'm, I see him bombing around every day. But he said, they've got no directive. Nothing has changed. He said, there. And I said, if you see somebody bombing down the one by street and then you're telling me you can't confiscate the, the scooter. He said, no, we have no directive, whatever. He said, we're absolutely helpless, really. He said, they can do what they like. And he said, but we, we have had no directive as regards confiscating those scooters. No matter what they're doing, they still have the authority. Now, as I said, on the day when the accident happened to me, in fairness, that guard, he made a call himself that he was confiscating it. Well, even though he well, said to well me, John, that, that was a vehicle that had been involved in an accident. And yeah, if, exactly. if your car's involved in an accident, it, yeah. it, it, it has to be taken away to be examined. So, Of course. Of course. Well, he was 100% right on the day. I think even though he said to me, I'm confiscating this, no, I've made a person aware of, of it. But he said, I don't know, am I doing the right thing or not? He said, but I'm going to do it anyway. Well, he made an individual call on the day for Houston, right? But overall, the girls, like, they're in disarray as the girls that, and these people, basically, I've heard you mention it yourself, and the infamous Patrick still know what's going on. There were fellas bombing up and nearly knocking you down. So, I mean, nothing has changed. It's oh, still open. Only, only happened again, was it not Monday, not, yes, Monday morning, Monday morning, coming in here, parked my car on Patrick's Hill about 25 past seven, got out, mm-hmm. and obviously there's a few couple of vans and cars coming down. Yeah. Watched, and literally, I went across the road, and if I had stepped out, scooter had taken me, and it was coming from the bottom of Patrick's Hill up. Yeah. Yeah. And are you sure you, if you're hit by one of those things, I like, mean, you'll know about it. I guarantee you that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Unfortunately, right. I, I, I think it's only matters time before someone is actually killed by one of those things because I'm very lucky to be alive. I told you that. Yeah, you got an, you got an awful fall that day. Thanks, John. Good man. Oh eight oh eight ninety six ninety six ninety six scooters. So the guards. Now this is John telling me what the guards have told him. We take him at his word. He spoke to a guard that this morning who said to him, "With no powers, they've no powers to seize. To no powers to seize the scooter. So your scooter is going." the wrong way down a one-way street or it's going down a pavement and they've no powers to confiscate that scooter or do anything about it. Is it any wonder that scooterists 
and the number of cyclists that I tend to see from day to day here think a red light is only for cars. Is it any wonder? Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96 FM. Oldies and Irish on Corks 96 FM is the big Sunday show on your radio. Turn it up and take it easy with the best music mix for your Sunday morning. Welcome along to the programme. Lovely to be with you on a Sunday morning. Oldies and Irish with Derry O'Callaghan. Sundays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. With Cork Simon. Do you want to leave a legacy to the city you love? Find out more about leaving a gift in your will at corksimon.ie. Cork's 96FM. Few responses and I will come back to them on Cara's email about her youngsters that will not give back the phone after she gives it to them um, and they create ructions when she does. And then we talked with Dr. Catherine Conlon about the, the science that's now there, the science that has linked smartphones to obesity, self-harm and depression in youngsters. To come back to it, a couple of responses to Cara. But first, Sharon, speaking of responses, we haven't been able to get a response yet from Love Holidays. Our emails appear to be bouncing back. But you sent us details and photographs of of what you've been through when you booked a holiday. Good morning. Hi, PJ. You were away for a week, was it? I was, yeah. We're only back since last Friday evening. Okay, tell me what happened. I booked a holiday with Love Holidays on the 2nd of June and then after a few days they came back to me and said that the flights were gone, there was no flights left. So then emailing back and forth and then two days before we were due to fly out they gave me new flights but these flights were out of Dublin. Now we're living in Cork obviously and we prefer to fly from Cork but we would no choice so We took those flights and they were into a different airport as well. We were supposed to be flying into Corona Airport, but these new flights were into Barcelona Airport. Mm -hmm. So these new flights added on so much more travelling time. Mm, There was a bus transfer between the two airports, wasn't there? Yeah, if it was Corona, it would have been a half an hour transfer time on the transfer bus. But Barcelona then was about an hour and 45 minutes. Okay, okay. So there was a big difference there in Then, then you got to the hotel to... and things really went wrong. Yeah. Um, loads of things went wrong before I got to the hotel, but I thought everything was fine. When we got to the hotel, and I actually said to my husband just before we got into the hotel, I said, we made it. Everything is fine. Everything that can go wrong now has gone wrong. We're here. We've made it. We're fine. So little did I know what was ahead of me before I walked into the hotel, walked into the hotel in a way and went to check in. My name wasn't on the reservations list. Oh. So you had a voucher. The receptionist, I had a confirmation voucher. I had two confirmation vouchers. I had one separate one for the hotel and then I had another one confirming the flights, transfers and hotels. So I had two separate confirmation vouchers. So 
the receptionist said, I can't find you here on the screen. And she turned the screen around to me and she said, can you see your name on the screen? And I said, no. Looked through the names, couldn't find my name. Um, my heart was pounding through my chest because I knew there was something else wrong because with love holidays, you're just waiting for the next thing to go wrong, you know, and the next thing and the next thing. So I was trying to tell myself they'll have this sorted out now in two minutes. It's just a glitch. Yeah. But and you, no. Sorry to cut across. Sharon, you had the vouchers in your possession telling you that you turn on up with phone. this... On your On your phone. That they turn up at this hotel. There will be... It was all booked. It was all done. You get there... The booking or the hotel don't, don't have you on the system. Did, did you yeah. call Love Holidays? What's that, PJ? Did you try to call Love Holidays? I did. When we arrived at the hotel, we were exhausted from all the travelling. Like, we'd been travelling about 12 or 13 hours, and it was the last thing we needed. Um, she said, there's no reservation here for you. She said, the hotel is fully booked. It's Friday. We're coming into the weekend. She said, I've nowhere to put you. She says you'll have to get on to Love Holidays. So they weren't taking any responsibility for it. Well, it wasn't their fault. It was Love Holidays' fault. So I was in an awful state. I got very upset. My daughter got very upset. Um, then she said, look, I can arrange a room for you tonight, but okay. it's 100 euros. She said, I can put you into a room tonight, but you have to pay 100 euros. Yeah. So... I said, fine. Um, she gave us a room. I've sent you on the photographs. Yeah. There was pipes. I'm not sure what kind of pipes they that, were that's coming. That's an air conditioning plant. Me. So your your patio was looking out onto an air conditioning plant. That's that that to me is the a kind of a room that a hotel use for for staff or for people who come in to work I maintenance and that kind that. of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. When I walked into it, that's what I thought. And the patio door was broken, so there was no lock on the door. I was a nervous wreck that somebody was going to break into the room. I got no sleep that night. I couldn't sleep anyway because of the stress of what was going on. Um, so then I was trying to contact Love Holidays. Emails, they weren't responding. I was trying to ring them. They weren't responding. Um, then my sister actually rang them from over here. And they picked they picked up the phone to her and she explained the situation and they just didn't care. What did and they, then say, eventually to what, what did they I, say to her? Oh, they said it'll be sorted out. We're going to confirm it now. We've just confirmed it two minutes ago and I was standing at the reception desk in the hotel and there was nothing confirmed. Right. So thank God for my sister because she was able to ring them from over here because over there, it was impossible for me to contact them. Okay. Um, then eventually, my sister rang me. She was a great help. And she rang me and she said, they're going to ring you there now in five minutes. And I was standing at the reception desk and they rang. And I explained the situation and I said, the hotel is telling me there's no reservation here for me. They're fully booked for the weekend. They're putting me up tonight. They're leaving me stay tonight, but I have to pay a hundred euros. And I said, they're fully booked for the rest of the week. I've nowhere to go. I said, I could be sleeping on the, on the streets in Costa Brava tomorrow night. I said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm here with my husband and two kids. We're very upset. And this lady just said, it'll be confirmed. And I said, are you promising me that 
it'll be confirmed. Mm-hmm. The reservation would be confirmed. She said, yeah, now this was about 10 o'clock at night and the reservations in the hotel was closed. So she said, we're working through the night. And she said, I promise you, it'll be confirmed by tomorrow morning. So they gave you that room, so, the, one, the one that was clearly a staff room of some kind. They let you stay. Did you end up staying yeah, up there for the week then? Been. No, they moved us into a much nicer room. They gave us a two-bedroom apartment. Originally, I only booked a one-bedroom apartment, but they upgraded us to a two-bedroom apartment, and it was gorgeous. It was fabulous. Good, good, good. So that was the next day they moved us out of that room. I told them that I couldn't stay in that room any longer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Love Holidays were blaming the hotel. The hotel were blaming Love Holidays. Um, Love Holiday said the reservation is there the hotel just hasn't activated it yet the hotel was saying there's absolutely nothing here for you and I asked them to contact Love Holidays and she said I can't I don't know is it that they weren't allowed or yeah, yeah. I don't know but you're, you see like you're, 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 you booked your holiday with Love Holidays so yeah it's, it's up to and you paid through Love Holidays. It's up to them I to sort it out. So have you had any apology from them or any contact from them It's since? up to Love Holidays, is it? Yeah. Um, no, nothing. Nothing whatsoever. Nothing. They didn't care, you know. Like I said, I could be sleeping on the streets tomorrow night. I've nowhere to go. And she said, calm down, calm down. You need to calm down. You need to calm down. You know, I was in a foreign country with my two kids and husband and possibly the next night we had absolutely nowhere to go. I was asking the receptionist, would there be a nearby hotel that we could go to? And she said, oh, I don't know. They could be booked out. It's the coming into the weekend, you know. Yeah. You had to find the money then to pay for the hotel for the week. So then um, the hotel said... Right, we can make a new reservation for you for the rest of the week, but it's 600 euros. Now, we were after paying 100 euros the night before, so that was 700 euros in total. So I said, okay, we'd no choice. We had to pay it 700 euros, even though I had already paid for my holiday two weeks before that. Um, so we paid that anyway, and they moved us to a much better room. Very good. Very good. And I was emailing Love Holidays, got nothing back, um, spoke to them once and they promised me they'd sort it out the next morning. This was late the night before when we arrived and the next morning I went down to reception and I said, has Love Holidays contacted you? And they said nothing, absolutely nothing. And we can't, we can't contact them. Like there's no contact between Love Holidays and the hotel. Yeah, we contact. No we tried to con- no we tried contact. to contact them. Yeah, we tried to contact them through was yeah. it was it through the email that that Sharon gave us. We we've had bounce backs. We've had no yeah, response. Yeah, I'm not from surprised. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah, um, yeah. You had it in the end. You had a nice enough holiday. We did. We had a fantastic holiday. Um, the next day was all sorted out and we said, right, our holiday starts now. So we had a great holiday then mm. after that. Um, now, we did get the money back the day before we went home. From, from, from the holidays? About, 
from the hotel. No, from the the hotel o- refunded me. Oh, did they? Yeah, yeah. Um, they refunded me on the Thursday, which was the day before we left the hotel to go home. So, so at oh, about oh, four on. o'clock in so, the afternoon. And, and sorry, sorry to cut a question. Did Love Holidays contact them then? Do you know how that came about? Um, I got an email from Love Holidays saying that the hotel has confirmed my reservation and that they have the refund for me, that the hotel was going to refund me. At least that got sorted. Yeah. Now, we did get the money back, but I mean, it was the day before we left the hotel to go home at about four o'clock in the afternoon. And we left the hotel at 5.30 the following morning to go home, you know? Yeah, you couldn't exactly so have a blast of, on the refunds. Like. <laughs> exactly, yeah. you know? Okay, all right. Now, we were lucky because we were well covered with spending money. But, I mean, I was talking to other families over there and they were saying, oh, my God, if that happened to us, we would have to have gone home because we wouldn't have had the money to hand it over yes. to the hotel, you know? I know, indeed. I do, indeed. Sharon, we have, as I said, tried to contact Love Holidays so far to, to no avail to see can we get their side of the story. Sounds like a terrible mix-up, to say the very, very least. But I'm glad you had a good holiday in the end. And I certainly wouldn't stay in that room you sent us a picture of for one minute more than I absolutely had to. But glad you had a good holiday in the end. Sharon, thank you. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Quartz 96 FM. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Quartz 96 FM. I forgot to say it this morning at any point. Happy solstice. Today is the summer solstice. Solstice. The longest daylight period of the year. Not the longest day of the year. Every day is 24 hours. The longest daylight period of the year. Sun came up this morning at around 10 past 5. We'll go down tonight at about 3 minutes to 10 and it will still be bright until well after half past 10 tonight if the skies are clear. So happy solstice to you. Officially summer starts today to go by the planets and the sun officially starts today meteorologically started 1st of June don't give me your May stuff and keep it the winter solstice that's the shortest daylight of the year is in December that's 182 days away now and the time when the day and the night the light and the dark are of equal length that comes in September that's called the autumn equinox that's when autumn starts that's on the 23rd of September which is in 93 Days time. The year is galloping along, lads. Galloping. 0818 96 96 96. We had a few people responding to my conversation earlier on this morning about Irish pubs. We were talking to Colm Dalton, who's doing his best to tour every Irish pub in the world. He'd be doing it to about 107, but we good laugh. We asked you to come in to me with some of your 
your favourite Irish bars that you've discovered. Brian, I know that one. The old Dubliner, La Azul Crystal, in San Sebastian in Spain. What a beautiful city. What a gorgeous part of Spain. The old Dubliner, I've been there. I, Nick says, I was the manager of an Irish pub in Zurich in the early noughties. Riverdance, the show, was in town for a week. They did the closing show party in the pub. Started at half eleven, finished at seven the next morning. We had ten of the dancers up on the bar counter giving it socks. <laughs> the pub was called the Noble Dubliner, owned by a Welsh guy at the time. This <laughs> Noel says there's an Irish pub in Zanzibar, owned by an Irishman and his local wife. They call it Swinging Mickey's. Ah, love it, love it. Thanks, Noel. Other suggestions available. My favourite wasn't really an Irish bar. It was just a lovely bar run by an Irish couple. It was in Lanzarote. It's it's gone now. It was in Matagorda. And anybody who's ever gone there will remember it if you were there in the early noughties. A place called Gigi's. Little tiny, tiny pub. Wasn't much bigger than this studio. It had a patio outside. It was called Gigi's in Matagorda. And there was a couple from Dublin, Teresa and Kevin, who had it and Kevin had a beard on him like Captain Birdseye from the television ads long ago that was I think my favourite Irish pub that I've ever found plus the one of course in in in, um, in India called Dublin with the picture of Joe Dolan there and then Michael says what with these Irish what is it with these Irish pubs abroad between work and personal travel says Michael I've been in more than 100 countries many with Irish pubs I have never set foot in one of them we like to enjoy local culture, tradition and food. No full Irish for me while abroad. That's us. We all have our views and opinions. Best wishes, says Michael. And Michael, best wishes to you. I would be similar. I like to do all the local stuff, the local food, the local everything. I'm very much like that, the local culture. But an Irish pub, a good pint and a feed, I hard to turn that down to. Thank you, Michael. 0818969696. Now, Cork Pride will go ahead on schedule, but it's going to cost an absolute fortune to put together. Labour Party Councillor John Maher raised this at the council meeting on Monday. You've lost, they've lost all the sponsorship and no backing from the council, John. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Good morning, PJ. No, look, I suppose from the outset, um, as you said, I, I'm just a, a member of council. I'm not a member of corporate okay. uh, or the team, but, uh, but I keep in contact with them and I think that uh, I think it would be responsible of, of other um, uh, elected reps to maybe touch base with the Cork Pride Committee as well and get the right story. They haven't lost all their sponsorship, PJ. You know, they have considerable sponsorship uh, coming through for 2023 because companies are, are behind it and they Good. believe in it. Good. But they did lose. They did lose a couple of of big sponsors. Okay, and um, but they 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 were my motivation. Um, is coming purely from the city council's perspective and what we do okay. um, as an organisation to fund them. And it isn't, in my opinion, it isn't good enough. How much does the council Pride, give them? Uh, €5,000. Okay. Okay, how, PJ. No, how much does the council give the Midsummer Festival? Uh, PJ, I don't have the figures to hand, but I will text them the minute I get off the phone. Okay. They're in my phone. They're, They're considerably phone. more, aren't they? There considerably more, absolutely, and and what my my debate and uh, my argument is is that is that we need to treat festivals. I, I'm sure that there is and um, there's a barometer that you hit certain 
you hit certain targets and you're awarded funding. And I think that Cork Pride should be thrown into that mix. That was my request the other night and that we do take it serious. It's a festival. First of all, Cork Pride is the only registered Pride charity in the country. Okay, so these volunteers, uh, which they're all volunteers, um, they come together every year. Uh, they fundraise uh, through through corporate. They look to um, to media's like yourselves and other organisations, and they look to councils to run an event that brings thirty thousand people to Cork. Yeah, uh, brings a lot of colour, a lot of diversity, and it sets a statement. And I and I think from from reading other articles and from hearing other commentary from elected reps on the floor of City Hall and they're allowed, that's all healthy. But I've just seen it being, that's been forgotten about, in my opinion, PJ. Um, and fundamentally here, my motion and the motivation behind it was that, you know, we need to do more as a council for this festival that brings 30,000 people into the city. And I'm sure there's business owners listening that will, will get on to you and they'll tell you that buzz that it brings to the city, you know, um, and, and the vibrancy it brings, you know, on an August weekend when a lot of people traditionally would have got out of town. You know, it's the August weekend, you have a bank holiday, you'd go to, the, you know, you go, I, I normally, I would have went to Kerry up to five and a half years ago. Yeah. Um, and now I go down and I get back, <laughs> I get back on Saturday evening uh, for the Pride on Sunday. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's an incredible event and uh, outside of, of Dublin, it is the biggest Pride event um, you know, and, and, and somebody, uh, I met somebody this morning and they just said, oh, I was in, in Dungarvan Pride on Saturday. Um, and Saturday, it's it's a one-day event, it's five hours, and they get the same funding as what Cork Pride gets. And I think from a council and as an elected rep, I don't think that's good enough. And again, this is about what it brings to the city yeah. and is it comparable with other festivals? Well, compare another one. Dublin City Council supports Dublin Pride. Now, Cork City Council gives Cork Pride 5,000. John, how much does Dublin City Council give Dublin Pride? 160,000. 160,000, yeah. Now, again, if we're being fair... How many people Dublin attend Pride. Dublin Pride? Yeah, it would be about three times the size. So look, you're, you're, you know, it, it, it's three times the size of the festival that 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 Cork Pride is. But again, I suppose you know that's that's credit all credit due to Dublin Pride. Yeah, and all. So, what, it what is, it, the festival is three times the size, John. The sponsorship is thirty-two times the size. Yes, no, no, absolutely. Uh, come here, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and again, the volunteers, the volunteers have been banging this drum since 2016 okay now yeah and that's where my frustrations come in and that's where the motion came from because i'm well aware that you know you can you can go to to offices inside and you can talk things out and i just felt that talking has got us nowhere and now i believe it's come to the stage nowhere now thankfully there is there is um, there's a meeting tomorrow um between uh, the community um strategic P- uh, policy committee and pride to, to, to you know to hopefully put drive this in in a way that we can get a positive outcome and mm. um, for a very successful festival in the city yeah. and you know even the idea that you know because they had to bang hard enough and and, and and go about begging that then these kind of you know the headlines get out there that you know this is a very successful um committee 
an organisation that, you know, Cork Pride in and around, it costs 250000 to run the event. Wow. So these people, these volunteers are very, very good at what they do. You know, they're absolutely incredible workers. They work hard and they do it all. Um, and, and PJ, we've had this conversation many, many times and they do it all to send out a statement that Cork is a very open and inclusive um, and welcoming city. Mm. And, you know, these events are for the people that maybe not are at that stage yet of where they're comfortable in themselves. And, and, and you know, even even this year, it will be the second year that we have a Pride Crossing in our city. And some people probably still don't walk past it or whatever because they're not in that, but they can look at it from the distance and it's sending out. And at the Pride Festival is so important for all that stuff. Um, and the idea as a council that even if since I've been elected, the 5,000 in 2019 is not worth the same 5,000 in no, 2023. No, no, no. You know, it's not, you know, and I think even that, even on that basis, even on the inflation, the cost of living um, increases, you know, insurance has gone up, the cost of everything has gone up. And even from that perspective, yeah. that we're comfortable with, with saying that it's okay, that it's enough. I, 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 I think we can do let, that. Let me play devil's advocate for one tiny minute, John Maher, and say to you, well, okay, 5,000 euro, you mightn't think that's a lot of money and in the greater scheme of things, it's not. But there is a house building program. There's a refurbishment program to be done. There are, there are priority spending that in 2023, the money may have to go elsewhere. You, you, okay, that's that's valid. I believe that there is money there, number one, and on on the housing or, or, or on whatever, you know, whatever project that you would say deserves more is that I, I, I think pitting one against the other, PJ, I, I don't think it's a fair argument. Okay. Um, you know, I think... I think I'm only asking it because somebody will. No, no, you, no, no, and absolutely, but I think, I think the message of equality is a very important one because what we're calling for is we're calling equality for people, but that's across, that's across being able to love someone. It's across equality for housing. There's nobody that goes to Pride doesn't think that there should be sufficient housing. In fact, if you look at the the members, the older members in particular um, of the LGBTI community, they would they would share their stories of housing for them because they're growing older now sure. that they don't they don't they don't have that I mean, maybe their job they can't work full time they're they're still up against high rents so 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 again the message of equality affects everyone and whether it's housing whether it's health whether it's care you know I think I think they're all important, but just because you support one festival doesn't mean you're doing it at the okay. expense of housing. There is a very substantial housing budget in, in Cork City Council. By God, yes, we have our ah, problems. Yeah. No, I only threw it out there. I only threw it out no, there no, because no. I know somebody else will. Before, you might do that, John, with, as soon as we get off the air here. You might send me, if you happen to hand, the amount of money that the council gives the Midsummer Festival and the Jazz Festival, say. No, and no, I will, and as I said, only that I'm on the phone to you know, BJ, I can't, I can't. That's okay. That's email, fine. That's fine. Yeah, I'll send, send it, send it to me, and I'll, and I'll compare it to the five thousand. John, thank you, and and of course, Pride Cork Pride will go ahead as scheduled later in the summer. Thank you, John. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Few more Irish pub stuff will start to come in. I know they will because there's great pubs everywhere. Great Irish pubs. Few on the NCT. Uh, was it Dennis? It was Dennis who was on earlier on 
and he was picking many gripes with the NCT. Hard to disagree with him on, on any number of, of those points. The priority list, I suggested he called them. He said he would, but his argument was, I shouldn't have to. And he's right, he shouldn't have to. He shouldn't have to pick up the phone and ring to try to get on a priority list. If the, if the online booking system was working correctly, he shouldn't have to do this. The list doesn't work either, said this caller. Uh, I added myself online, got no appointment, started panicking, so I kept checking, and I got a cancellation, all's okay now, but I never heard back from them. NCT out in May, can't get a test till October, but the search will only be valid till May 2024. That's not my fault, they can't keep the system running. Um, PJ, I live in Norway. The EU car test here can be done by most garages. All they have to do is register with the roads department. The system home at home is shocking because Dennis was asking that. Is there an equivalent around Europe? I don't know. There clearly is. David rang in April and he got a test done last week. Listening now to that man, says Laura, he's like a Karen on a Monday morning. Yes, guards are... In, oh, yeah, Dennis was making the point that guards are entitled to seize the car if you don't have a valid NCT. They do have discretion. If you have your proof of your booking, proof of your appointment, they let you through. Yes, says Laura, the guards are entitled to seize the car if the NCT is out. Some guards will leave you alone and let you drive on. Why not ring up the NCT centre and get a priority booking? I did that for my boyfriend. He had an appointment two weeks later. If Dennis isn't going to ring them up and tell them he needs help for the NCT, then stop complaining. I think he will do it. I think he was coming to that conclusion. He will do it. Uh, Do you remember PMPA Insurance? They had their own test centre off Mary Street. I don't remember this now, Jimmy Horgan. I remember PMPA Insurance, all right, but uh, they had their own test centre off Mary Street. It was the equivalent of an NCT... And they wouldn't insure you unless the car was in proper order. I didn't know that. Thank you, uh, Jimmy. 0818-969696. Do you remember the Strawberry Tree pub in Killarney? I don't, actually. I don't. The snug and straw on the floor. It was so authentic. Then they ripped it out and put in a super pub, but I was gutted, says Anna. You would be, wouldn't you? Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. The Cork Diary. Cork's 96 FM. The Cork Diary is a free service. So if you're a community group, a not-for-profit organisation, or you have a fundraising event you would like mentioned, let us know and we'll tell Cork all about it. Email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie. I want to catch up on some of our correspondence. Um, we heard from Cara earlier on this morning. She said, my young kids are completely addicted to the phones. They don't get them a lot, but when they do, it's to watch cartoons or play games while I cook or clean or work. But when I try to take them off them again, they freak out. They cry, they scream, they act up. It's a nightmare. And considering a total screen ban for everyone now, it's a nightmare to live with two little addicts. You don't say, Cara, what age they are. But then we spoke to Dr. Catherine Conlon, who's a public health doctor, who's been going through the science, and now there's undeniable science out there of a link between early smartphone use, using smartphones as kids, and things like depression. 
and self-harm and obesity. There's a link there and the suggestions out there now that certainly there should be no smartphones ever in primary schools, possibly even in secondary schools either. And the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, is also on board with that idea. And with a good conversation with Dr. Conlon, if you want to listen back to that, it'll be podcasted after the show. That woman's talking a lot of sense, says this message. It's bad for adults, never mind teenagers, with their growing brains. I had a friend who became addicted online. He got very aggressive. He wanted to rehearse and continue arguments that he'd seen online with me. If I didn't know what he was talking about, he would explain in great detail and get annoyed then if I couldn't follow. If I disagreed with him, he'd rage. If I agreed, I was the best in the business. Before this, he used to talk about what had been in the paper or on the radio. But now he has all these talking points on very controversial topics. And like online, he's straight in with very hurtful comments about public figures that he disagrees with. I think a lot of people will be made sick by social media. How old are her children? Cara didn't tell us how old they are. Mine agreed to turning off when a timer goes off or when a programme is over. They're 5, 8 and 12. Maeve turned off the Wi-Fi last week. Did it as much for my children as for myself. And honestly, I can say the difference in our sleep and in the mood in the house is in a, in a week is unbelievable. To be honest, a digital detox is recommended. Also, they're looking at screens all day in school with the whiteboard, so their minds are constantly buzzing. They just go back to usual books and stuff like that, and usual toys to play with, it says Maeve. Maeve is trying a digital detox. I think summertime for me is a kind of a kind of a a digital detox in that I don't watch telly in the summer other than maybe watch the news or a small little bit of sport and the other night I turned on the telly to watch something myself and herself watched something Saturday night a couple of episodes of a show we like it was the first time I'd actually watched television in I'd say six weeks and I was thinking hang on why am I doing this you know weird anyway Thank you for all those comments. Thank you. We, we'd love to know what age Cara's, Cara's kids are. Someone got on then about air and customer service with air. I will get back to that. We had a few comments earlier in the morning about sentencing after talking to Paul Byrne about that unspeakable foga Ian Horgan sent to prison again for a brutal attack on a man and on his mother. Uh, morning, PJ. I... I'm texting my utter disbelief at sentences handed out to six young men in the court in Cork. But joined by others, they beat and kicked a man unconscious in a car park in Carrigaline. When the guards arrived, they were very abusive too. They even interfered with the guard in the performance of duty. Their punishment? Suspended sentences. They walked out of court. Imagine how the poor victim and the family feel. Imagine how the guards feel. The message this type of sentencing sends out is shocking. I just can't understand it, kind of cards from Marie O'Leary. And Sean then says, PJ, don't the Gardaí realise that over 78% of all crimes are down to assistance from the public? If you lose the goodwill of the people, crime will escalate and we'll be in the same boat as our neighbours. Or is this what the government wants? So people will be so caught up in their own struggles that we lose interest in the politicians and they can get away with more of their philandering. Thank you. That's from Sean in Skibbereen. 
0818969696. Have you been working from home? We all did. All started it during the pandemic. Thousands of people overnight moved out of the office to the kitchen, to the bedroom, to the spare room, if they had one, or to wherever. Some people are gone back now. A lot of the bigger companies are bringing people back into the office. Others will never go back again. One of those is a man called Paul Bourne. Paul's a father of three and he lives in, in Black Rock here in Cork. He is ex-Navy, but now he works in clients and customer services online. Um, and Paul, it surely is some pivot to go originally from the Naval Service to now working at home and being really happy to be at home. Morning. Good morning, PJ. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've kind of flipped remote on its head. Like when you're when you're two or three hundred miles off the the west coast of Ireland, there's a different meaning of remote then because you're so far out. You know, you're surrounded by fifty or sixty crew members. But um, yeah, w- w- working remotely you now since the since the start of COVID. And you work for a, an online sales company. Well, it's called autonomy. So the the, the meaning of the it, it does exactly what it says on the chain. It's to, to give people the autonomy to work from where they want. So we're we're in the BPO space, so business process outsourcing. So we we, we basically do customer management, uh, outsource customer management on behalf of our of, of our customers and partners. So that could be anything from sales and all the way through to customer success, and then you've got things like customer experience, customer support. Um, onboarding and everything like that in between, you know. And and pre-COVID, was there a belief that you had to be in the office? 100% uh, with the industry that we're in, and we would have worked for um, uh, for a very well-known core company um, back in the day, a few of us on the leadership team. So it's p- people that you, you, you probably know yourself as well, PJ. Hmm. Uh, the industry itself was... It was anti-remote. It was seen that you couldn't trust people to work at home. Um, the data wouldn't be secure. People would, would basically be dosing and things like that. But you have to be able to trust your people. And that's, that's, that, that's a huge part of what we do in autonomy is we trust our people 100%. Um, and the, the numbers then speak for themselves. Like holding on to our people. We held on to everybody in 2022, which in our game is completely unheard of. You say in the piece in the Times, remote work is not a perk. It's not something that's nice to have. It's not a fringe benefit. It is a new way of working that is changing lives. How has it changed yours? From from a family perspective, um, like my, my previous role, I was a vice president of business development in, a, in, in another company. I was a sales development manager in another company. I was doing an awful lot of traveling. I was tied to my desk, tied to my office. I was doing 10 to 12 hour days. I was missing an awful lot with the kids. My first daughter, Katie, was born. I missed everything. I missed her first birthday. I missed her first steps. A lot of milestones that things you never get back, you know. But now that we're remote working, it's I, I'm there for everything. Like, I, I don't miss a thing. So every, every milestone I'm there for. Um, and it's fantastic. And the kids are reaping the benefits of that. Well, I, I'm reaping the benefits of it. There's a school run to be done. There's a pickup. How does that yeah. fit in with a busy eight-hour working day? Do you know, because we're working from home, you know, you can fit it around your meetings. Um, like, oh, the, the majority of us, certainly on the, on the leadership team, we're, we're, we're parents. Um, so we, we all know that there's an expectancy that my youngest, my youngest girl, Ava, she's run on to sales calls, a guy on the, the head of growth <laughs> in, in, in autonomy. So she's run on to sales calls. She's lightened the humour a bit. Um, and I'm fully convinced she's got me one or two deals over the line as well, just by running on. And, you know, it's, it, it, it really lightens the mood. That's a whole change of attitude, isn't it? Oh, it's massive. 
to have your children coming into a meeting was unheard of, <laughs> unthinkable. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Like, like we, we, we've got a rule. Uh, well, certainly, I've got a rule that um, you see an awful lot of pets. If a pet runs into the room, you have to show your pet. And, like, the humour on it and the thought process of it, like, if you do that in a, in a blue-collar scenario, you'd never think you'd never think a child or a pet would sit in somebody's lap and, and sit on a sales squad. And there's a funny thing. I remember talking to people during covid I did 50% of, I still do 50% of my day at home. And at times it was necessary to broadcast from home as well, which I did. But you, you fit your day around what you need. But I remember people saying, how can you, how can you have a meeting? How can you have a proper meeting in a screen? You have to see the person. How can you, yeah. did you ever think like that? Uh, no, I didn't. Like, like I, I mentioned there a few minutes ago, um, like I'd done an awful lot of travelling, um, and in one of the previous roles, it was like our, our target market was the was North America. So for me to close a deal, it would be thought that I had to be there in person. So I might get seventy two hours notice. I'm needed in San Francisco on Sunday night or Monday morning. I'm needed in New York on, on Tuesday. That's gone. Um, I don't have to be there in person. Like we're we're attracting customers, but we've never met them in person. Right. Um, one customer in particular, they they work async, so they don't believe in meetings. If you consult things through email, do you not miss the bit of travelling? Oh, I have to be in America on Thursday. <laughs> do you not miss that? You know what? It, it it sounds fantastic, PJ, but you like you're living out of a suitcase. It wears thin very very fast. Like how often in a year were you travelling? Say, if you're including travelling in in Ireland or spending time in Dublin or, or Europe, I was probably home for two weeks of the month. Um, and that's sporadically throughout the month, you know. Um, yeah. Whereas no, I might uh, like I'll, I'll probably travel before the end of this year, and that will probably be the second time I'll travel. I when, when I say travel, I, that, that's going up and down to Dublin three or four times so far this year. I see. Like I, there's no need for us to to travel to the city. I mean, look, we we go there for trade shows and different things like that. But in terms of having to sit in front of customers in person, it's completely gone. Like the whole world's. Uh, thought process around remote working has completely shifted like it's yeah. a mass, massive massive culture shift family life must be better you know having yeah. dad home all the time yeah and, and you know what the, the, the kids are probably looking at me now saying he's around too much so why can't we go back to the way we were they were probably getting getting away with a bit more but um, yeah even my, my, my partner and I you know, like things are so so much better um, I'm there all the time she doesn't have to manage everything herself I'm able to do the school runs we're not solely reliant on uh, child care or anything like that which, which 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 is a massive expense at the end of every month that expense is now gone um, but it, it's had a huge impact every relationship on, in, in the house is better you're saying yeah 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 yeah. every single relationship in the house is better um, like my, my eldest daughter Katie she, she turned 16 in uh, December she never ever saw me there when she finished school ever I was always either away or I was in the office and I, I was doing something but I was never able to do that and still to this day, when she sees me outside the school or I see a difference around getting up in the morning when I'm bringing her to school, it's huge. Yeah. It's had yeah. such a massive, massive impact. You also learned something, Paul. You learned that, God, the kitchen doesn't clean itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, like these things don't magically happen. Um, and, you know, like I, I, I always appreciated it, of course. But when you see the work that actually goes into it and being able to walk around and say, oh, wait, right, the dishwasher doesn't just fill itself or anything like that. I'm making myself go to be an awful, an awful man here now. But like, obviously, I, I, I would have done my fair bit and looked after the garden yeah. or whatever. But like, when you see things like that being done, it gives a massive appreciation. Like, Nina works from home as well. And um, so like, everything is shared. Is there never a moment 
where you've fallen over one another? No, like the way we're set up. Like, you know, I, I've got my space. She's got her space yeah. to do work. Um, and it, it just works perfectly. Absolutely perfectly. Um, now, look, so, some people can do that. Some people wouldn't be able to do it. I, I was speaking to one potential customer a few weeks ago, and I used the, the Marmite expression. You either love it or you hate it. Um, I didn't think personally when it first happened, I was like, oh, I don't think I can get used to this. But within three days, I was in love with it. I was like, I'm never going back to the office. There are some bosses still who would refer to it as shirking from home or <laughs> yeah. I'm not working at home. Yeah. You're never going to shift people away, some people anyway, from that mentality. Yeah, like there's always going to be that old school way of thinking. Um, but you, you have to bend and you have to flex with these things. And look, people will come around to it. It's a massive shift, but people will come around to it. Well, I remember the start of COVID, we were under strict instruction. I, for example, was off the premises every day by quarter past 12, of necessity. And now when I could spend my full day in the office, it actually suits me to do yeah, half yeah. my day at home. I mean, after this show, I'll do a bit of recording and I'll head straight home and I'll finish my day. It's as natural as everything else used to be three or four, yeah. three or four years ago. Yeah, it, it's crazy. And you know, like, you've hit the nail on the head there. It's, it's pe- when people try it, and they, they, as I said a few minutes ago, like, like I, I was three days kind of going, oh, I don't know if I'd be used to this. Three days later, I was saying, I'm never going back to an office. But when people try it, they just become naturally accustomed to it because your day becomes, like you remove your commute, which is massive. Um, like whether that's a commute dropping the kids to school or to the childminder or, or to the office itself, getting that time is just absolutely massive absolutely massive and you're, you're gaining that back so your day is a lot more flexible there's like my stress levels are way down as the head of growth in a company who a scaling company like I, my stress levels should be a lot higher but it's it, everything's much calmer because i control my day and there's a mass there's an awful lot to be said for being in control of your day and how your day actually operates it's key for work-life balance and that became so important during covid because if we didn't get our work-life totally. balance right we'd go bonkers totally um, and like the, the beauty about being at home, like working from home, well, what, what we've started to do is, obviously, we're, we're a remote company. Um, we're, everyone, everyone is fully remote. We don't have a physical office. So we have weekly meetups or weekly syncs uh, called coffee chats. And what, what we're starting to do with those, we're actually going out for walks on video calls with each other. So <laughs> you could be out walking. Like I was down by Parky Cueve last week talking to somebody walking along the marina. And it, it was work, but we're out walking. <laughs> Well, I wish you well with it and, and enjoy your lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, certainly. If you see me walking the marina with a phone out, PJ, you know, you know what to work on. I'm in a meeting. <laughs> there you go, exactly. See you, Paul. Thanks. Thanks, PJ. Cheers. Cheers. No, I do. I like that. I like that. You read of a lot of bigger companies now, Google and Apple in particular, hauling people back into the office. You're going to wonder why. If the job is being done, from home and done well and done on time and delivered to deadline and the quality is what it should be why would you want to drag people back into the office Uh, uh, Paul loves it loves being at home some people didn't like it at all my missus didn't like it at first she was at home for months now she does one day a week and is hoping to get a second day. She just likes the the, the mix. As I said, I do kind of 50%. Um, 
gone out of here by one o'clock and I do the rest of my day at home and it works great for me. Works just absolutely fine for me. Um, so it, it, it is what it is. But the idea that I know that a lot of people have been told now, well, yeah, you got very comfortable at home and your work is very good at home, but no, you're back into the office. Why though? Why do you think some companies are dragging their people back into the office when when their work was perfectly good? 0818 96 96 96. That is happening too. John Marr is good to his word. He came back with a list of what City Council gives to certain festivals and other bodies and things like that in comparison, say, with Cork Pride. I'll go through that list in a sec. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Uh, John Mark got that list for us. It was on his phone and he had to dig it out, which is why he didn't have the figures to hand while he was on the air with me, and that's fine too. He was talking about the, the Pride, Cork Pride, which gets 5,000 from the Cork City Council. Now, compare that to other festivals. So the Cork Midsummer Festival, which is on at the moment, and a great festival it is, that receives 70,000 from the, the City Council. The Cork Folk Festival gets 35,000 from City Hall. The Munster Literature Festival gets 48 thousand. Sounds from a Safe Harbour, which is a music event, that gets 10,000. Music Generation, which I think, in fairness, that runs all year round, that's 52,800. The Jazz Festival, we did check up, the Jazz Festival only gets 8,000 from City Hall. But if you take the Midsummer Festival, which is on at the moment, and the Folk Festival, which comes up later in the year, just as two festivals comparing to comparing to um, Cork Pride. So the Midsummer gets 70,000 and the Folk Festival gets 35,000. Shannon Festival got 5,000. They didn't run a festival this year. So that's it. That's the comparison. 0818 96 96 96. Now speaking of events, there is an important one taking place this weekend. This is called a Festival of Belonging. And to tell me all about it is Rose Dumoul from Recruit Refugees Ireland. Rose, good morning. It's been a while. How are you? Yeah, good morning, PJ. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, very busy. Tell me, I'm sure <laughs> you are. Tell, tell me about your yeah. festival of belonging. Yeah, so it's a festival of belonging. Um, uh, Recruit Refugees is, is part of a bigger organization that is called International Community Dynamics. And we uh, support refugees and asylum seekers in any any way that we can. Okay, So um, we thought this year it would be nice to organize a festival where... We, we see what does it mean to belong and we look at it through the eyes, through the lens, let's say, of art, of music, of uh, conversation. We have a conversation cafe and also of we doing a, a conference in UCC as well. So we currently there is an arts exhibition running in the Triscal Arts Centre uh, and the art is all created by refugees. They are real artists, so it's not just arts and crafts, it's real arts with a capital A and mm-hmm. it's really mesmerising. I'm not <clears throat> the artists come from all over Ireland. Uh, so it's it's really 
Korea National Festival is not just for Cork. Uh, and uh, people who have visited it have been really mesmerized. So, I would, you know, there's three days left, so you can come and visit it on Thursday, Friday and Saturday still. Um, it closes then after that. And then Friday evening, we have, um, we're celebrating the, the end of this um, this uh, exhibition with a spoken word event and a musical event. So we have uh, people, refugees as well, writers from Syria, from Iraq, from Cyprus, from South Africa, who are going to come and read their poetry. Mm-hmm. And um, then we also have a world music event. So we have Citadel, the band of refugees from Kintail Road. Uh-huh. Before, now it's just refugees. And Orbi, which is a band from Dublin. And they are also the, from Egypt, Syria, Morocco. And they play Arabic music. And it's absolutely wonderful. So the, the two will be combined, spoken word and, and world music. <clears throat> so that's Friday evening. And then Saturday morning, we have a conversation cafe in the Haven in the Haven Cafe, then close to the Mercy Hospital. Sure. And uh, there'd be, you know, if you want to have a coffee and have a chat with the refugee, you can. And it will be um, facilitated by Think, Speak, Do. So there'll be a few tables and a few questions to be discussed among people. And then you change tables so everyone gets to talk to right. everyone. Right. And yeah, and then after that, uh, Saturday afternoon, we have a conference in UCC. It's in Came Building 01. Um, and there will be uh, some fantastic keynote speakers. One is, uh, is um, the rector of Edinburgh University. She was a refugee from Congo who went to Scotland um, after she had to run away during the revolution there. Um, and she made it all the way to become a rector of Edinburgh University, which is an amazing story. Uh, she's coming as a keynote speaker. And then we have Professor Maggie O'Neill from uh, so the Department of Sociology and Criminology. And her speciality is also placemaking and, and migration. Mm-hmm. And then we also have some uh, other speakers who speak from their own experiences. Sure. And uh, yeah. A lot, so, a lot going on. Rose, you know, there are some, and there always have been, um, some very upsetting stories from around the country lately of people who t- try to tell refugees that they're not welcome. But I think for the most part, would it be fair to say for the most part, Rose, people are extremely yeah. welcoming to those who've come Oh, absolutely, overseas. absolutely. And that is the, what I, you know, I try to ignore the others. What we want to do is just show the positivity, yes, you know, and, and, and the people who come are so happy to see this and what we want to see and show with all this is like the arts exhibition or the music is refugees are artists musicians teachers engineers cleaning ladies they are just like us you know and that is what we like to show and they actually enrich our culture with what they are bringing from home so you know it's really really wonderful and it's it's something we want to celebrate and and uh, at the same time hopefully change a few minds as well. Yeah, well and I think, they, these wonderful yeah. people are changing our country and changing it for the better. Uh, and the more we get to see that, the better for us all. Rose, thank you. Rose Jamal, CEO of Recruit Refugees Ireland. Festival of Belonging happening throughout the month of June and coming pretty much to its end over the next few days. Thank you, Rose. On working from home, Ryan says, well, some of the companies have to pay for the leases they have on the buildings they use or it'll be a waste of money there there is that but you could also sell the building couldn't you 
invest in the government. I run a business, says Michael. We spend a lot of money on premises and we want the staff to get the full use of those facilities. Otherwise, we are kind of wasting money. Maybe, Michael, but you could down could you downsize your your premises and work from a smaller premises, maybe? I don't know. I've never run a business. I wouldn't be allowed to run a bath, let alone a business. But, but thank you for those to finish us out today. Programme edited by Imro Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. Uh, thank you for joining the conversation in whatever way you did. And we'll talk to you tomorrow just after nine. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.